Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. This is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman, and please do not be confused. This is not the Dubuque Area Football Podcast, even though we do have a guy who made his name in the football industry here. I am joined by four-sport superstar prep from Wallert Catholic High School, Four-year player who had a breakout season his senior year playing for the University of Iowa. 2016 Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. I was at that game, actually. And 2018 Super Bowl Champion for the New England Patriots. The Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast welcomes Riley McCarron from Dubuque, Iowa. Welcome, Riley. Uh, appreciate you guys having me. Riley, quick question for you. People wanted to know, were you going to wear your Super Bowl ring for the podcast? Do you have it on right now? I don't. I don't. I actually, uh, you know, I, I don't even keep it with me. Um, you know, i got to keep it somewhere safe. It's not some something I, you know, wear around in public. But, uh, no, that's pretty funny that you ask. <laughs> some people asked me, if I would ask you where the lockbox is that you keep that, and I said I don't think I don't think he'll unveil that. Um, I was on eBay last night and I was searching for World Series rings, and I came across Chad Curtis's World Series ring for the New York Yankees, and he's asking fourteen thousand for his. But I can tell you, looking at the pictures I've seen of your ring, it is worth way more than fourteen thousand dollars. <laughs> it is a it is a pretty big uh, sucker, that's for sure. But um, yeah, I don't think my name on it is making it any more uh, money, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but wow, what what a what a ring there! Um, my first question I, I have for you, Riley, is at Wallert, you decided not to go out for baseball your senior year. You were a Division One college baseball recruit before. I ask you this question. I just got off the phone with Coach Tischer. He says, hi. He says he's a great dude. And he tried to explain the story to me. He said, after you guys got eliminated your junior year, you had a monster year in baseball. And you got invited to the junior showcase. And you put up monster numbers at the showcase. And there was a lot of talk going on that you were possibly not even going to go out for football because you were all in for baseball and you had some uh, Division One offers. Well, we know you went out for football. We know you went to quarterback. And we know that you had a record-breaking season and your team had an outstanding season. But 
Why did you choose to uh, walk on to the Iowa football team over playing Division One college baseball? Um, I guess the biggest reason, well, throw in there that I had a I had a little hamstring injury my senior year track and uh, track meet. I had partially tore a hamstring and was still kind of coming back from that and probably would have missed some time playing baseball um, anyways. But after that happened, I kind of knew that since I was going to, you know, continue my career playing football, I figured, um, you know, the sooner I could get down there and start working with those trainers and uh, strength and conditioning coaches, the better um, for my football career. Um, you know, it wasn't the easiest decision, obviously. I, you know, I really loved baseball. Um, you know, I had a lot of friends on the team, you know, uh, great coaches and Coach Rowling and Coach Tischer and, um, you know, ultimately just had to, you know, make a, you know, a tough decision. Do you remember what colleges were looking at you for baseball and, and did you have any offers? Um, no, I never actually officially, you know, had any offers. You know, I, I visited a couple of ju- junior colleges um, I had visited Iowa. Um, I went to a camp um, at Creighton. I visited Arizona, or, uh, Indiana State. Um, but no one actually legitimately put an offer on the table. You know, that's interesting because I've coached a lot of great kids and I've coached a lot of great athletes. And I believe that you are the best baseball player that I've ever coached. Now, I know people from the area that listen to this are going to say, well, you think he's better than Calvin Harris? I actually never coached Calvin Harris because he shot way past me uh, to the varsity ranks. But in 18 years of coaching, you are one of the most humble kids, one of the most hardest working kids, and by far the best baseball player that I've ever coached. Now, Bo Jackson, famous two-sport athlete, um, outstanding in Tech Mobile for Nintendo. Did you ever put any thought into being the next Bo Jackson? I know there's a McCaffrey at Iowa right now that plays basketball and baseball. Did you ever thought about uh, doing baseball and football at the University of Iowa? You know what? When I think about it, um, I don't. I, now that I think back, I don't think I ever, you know, gave it much thought. I think, uh, I think once I got down to Iowa and saw those athletes and the guys that I was going to be teammates with, that I kind of knew I had my hands full and just trying to, you know, uh, you know, succeed at one sport. So I don't think I gave it too much serious thought, if any at all. Um, you know, I kind of just, uh, you know, stuck with football, and that was, you know, where my heart was at, and I knew that was going to be hard enough in itself. So, you know, yeah, I just. Uh, once I kind of made the choice to start playing in college, uh, you know, I kind of just stuck with football and went with it. I know your family are huge Hawkeye fans, and I know you grew up a Hawkeye fan, so it probably was a dream come true stepping out on uh, on Kinnick there. Now, I pulled your junior year stats because listeners, believe it or not, I do do my research at the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Your junior year, you had an average of 465, an on-base percentage of 566. You scored 68 runs, had 60 hits, 10 doubles, 2 triples, 5 home runs, and you had 48 stolen bases. I projected your senior year stats if you would have played. I projected your senior year that you would have hit 589. You would have stole 80 bases, which is two a game. You would have hit 15 home runs. Do you ever regret not playing baseball that senior season? 
<laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I don't regret it in that standpoint from a stats, but you know, if just one more, not, not that it's a regret, uh, but you know, it would have been a fun, a fun experience, you know, uh, any, any sport you get to do one more time, your senior year, it's kind of, you know, where you're, you know, the strongest, the fastest, um, you know, the best at that sport per se is your senior year. So in that aspect, you know, I think it would have been a, a fun year, one last go around, you know, with the guys, but, um, you know, I, I haven't put too much thought into it and, you know, I don't like to think back on and, and live with too much regret, but it definitely would have been a, a fun ride. That's for sure. I like that you mentioned that you don't like to live with too much regret because I do know your story a little bit from being friends with uh, your sister who was a teaching partner of mine. Now, tell us about your path to the NFL. You you have a pretty remarkable story. Uh, not too many people know about your performance at the Iowa Pro Day. So share us a uh, tell us a little bit about your path to the NFL and then that Iowa Pro Day that projected you to be a NFL prospect. Yeah, so my career at Iowa, you know, I kind of, to, to sum it up a little bit, don't want to go into too much detail, but I kind of grinded it out for, you know, my first two, three years. Um, I played a lot of special teams, you know, my first couple of years, and then not until my junior season did I uh, start playing a little bit receiver and you know, found, um, you know, a little bit more playing time at receiver than my senior year. Um, you know, that's where I kind of, uh, played a, a little bit more receiver, found a little bit of success, but I, uh, um, had a job lined up, in, um, at an accounting firm already, uh, the year prior. And, you know, I had some people tell me, you know, maybe I should give the NFL a shot and whatnot. And I kind of, you know, had decided, you know what I'm, you know, after the season after the Outback Bowl and, um, 2017 Outback Bowl, I kind of decided, I didn't know I was going to move on and start my career, uh, my professional career in accounting. And, you know, after a week of working, I, you know, I, I turned in my things and I said, you know what, I gotta, I gotta give this football thing a shot. You know, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I'm going to, you know, give it a chance. And if it, if it doesn't work out, um, you know, at least I can say I tried and I don't have to, you know, think back and have all these what ifs. And so I did pro day and, you know, I did it, you know, the best that, you know, I could have done on that day, you know, put up uh, numbers that were some of my best in my career at Iowa. And, um, you know, the, the rest is kind of history. I, I got to do it for the next two years and, and put my uh, business or professional business life on hold and um, live out a dream. So it was, uh, you know, it was an awesome experience and I'm really grateful that it uh, worked out like it did. Yeah, I talked to your sister and she said that you were debating and you had a conversation with your dad and your dad said, there's not many people that get to have an opportunity in front of them like this. What do you have to lose? And you went to the Iowa Pro Day and I could be wrong on this, but I believe you're 60. I'm sorry, your 40-yard dash. You run the 60 in baseball. Help me out. I normally do a baseball podcast. We're doing a little bit of a football one, okay? You run a 40 in football, and if you would have been invited to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, you would have had, I believe it was the fifth best 40 time out of any of the wide receivers that were invited to the pro day. Is that true? Do you remember or recall that at all, or do you not pay attention to that stuff? I'm not exactly sure where where exactly I would have fallen. Um, I just know for my personal times and, you know, and that's ultimately who you're racing at. You can't do much better than beating yourself. And uh, I just uh, had some good times um, compared to us, um, 
you know, over the years at Iowa um, and improved, you know, throughout my career and credit to strength and conditioning coaches there. You know, those guys run a phenomenal program and no doubt that I improved immensely in those four and a half years that I was there. Now, Riley, you've had some of the best coaches in the whole world of sports here. You uh, at Wallert had Hall of Fame coach and National Coach of the Year, Jerry Rowling. At Iowa, you had Kurt Ferentz. And then we know at New England, you had Bill Belichick, who many people feel believe is the greatest coach in NFL history. What attributes do those coaches have or did those coaches have that made them the best at what they do? You know, I, I, first off, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful and thankful, you know, to have been coached by all those great coaches and that especially from you know such a young age and and from high school all the way up and I think the you know the earlier you get to you know be around and get coached by some of the best in the business the better um not only from an athletic standpoint but from you know just a life um you know just taught taught you a lot about you know what's important you know hard work and um you know just earning everything that you get um, and I think that all those coaches, um, in a way have, you know, an old school aspect to them where, you know, it's a lot of hard work and, um, you know, you're going to get, you know, what you earn. And I think that's the way it should be. Um, and I think that they, um, you know, one of the things that I noticed most between all those coaches is the, the importance of fundamentals, you know, I mean, all the way through, I mean, you think about fundamentals and you think about only doing it as a, a young player, you know, in high school or college when you're just trying to improve. But, you know, I can I can tell you that we were doing drills that I was doing in sixth and seventh grade football when I was with the, the Patriots. You know, we just didn't take that stuff for granted. And I think that, you know, all those had a different style of coaching, but, um, you know, they all did it in a, in a great way. And obviously it says, you know, in their success that they're doing it the right way. Now, you had great success at the college level and then made it on to the professional ranks. Now, many of the people that are listening to this are never, being, are never going to be able to experience that or know what that's like. So take us to the locker room. Take us to the practice field. Take us, take us to game day. Um, what stories about Kirk Ferentz or Bill Belichick do you know that only people in the inner circle would know? I don't know if I can share too much of that. You know, I mean, I think that both of them were, you know, straightforward guys. Um, they expected a lot out of their players, but, you know, that wasn't anything surprising to anybody that's ever played for either coach, especially Coach Ferentz. Um, you know, he runs a, a great program and, and he really, truly cares about his players. And I think that's why you see uh, so many Hawkeyes over the years, you know, get the best out of all these players. I mean, as, as you know, you know, we're not getting the flashy five, four-star recruits every year. And so I think that goes to show, you know, Coach Ferentz and his ability to coach and, you know, really get the best out of his guys. And, you know, it's, uh, it was truly an honor to, you know, play for him. And, you know, he would just, uh, you know, he cares a lot about his players. And I think that, um, I think that's why, you know, you saw a lot of, you know, guys really, truly like to play for him. Um, you know, he's just a great guy on and off the field and, um, you know, I think it's it's no no secret why he's well respected across the uh, college football ranks. Have you ever seen Bill Belichick laugh, smile, or tell a joke? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, but, you know, Bill. People, you know, he they only see him in front of the media. And uh, quite honestly, I don't think Bill's a, Bill's a 
big media guy, and I think that's pretty obvious when you see him. But um, you know, I remember one uh, meeting during OTAs in the uh, in the off season in June. Um, they were showing a bunch of. We had a team meeting, and Bill showed in the entire meeting a bunch of Tide commercials that Gronk was in. You know, Gronk was in these new Tide Pod commercials, and I had never seen Bill Belichick giggle so much in such a short amount of time. So that was pretty great to see, you know. So uh, he does have a he does have a uh, sense of humor. He just uh, he just don't always see it. On to the next question. Did you like that? That was my Bill Belichick impersonation. <laughs> yeah, that, that's about what your uh, typical person would see in the media. But uh, I can promise he's not always like that. It, it needs some work. But seriously, on to the next question. Now, in New England, you played for a superstar quarterback, legendary quarterback. And of course, I'm talking about Michigan State Spartan quarterback, Brian Hoyer. <laughs> now, I, I'm really, I'm only kidding here, but um, just just help me out here. Can you tell me one Brian Hoyer story, just so uh, just so um, I, I can hear some? I, I love the guy, uh, huge Spartan fan here. Brian Hoyer, first of all, he's a great guy. You know, he's uh, you know just a down to earth good dude, but um, he's a big big Marvel guy. He is he's he's got these uh, what do you call them? These like action figures. Okay. And he is, I guess, really big into collecting them. He's always talking about them. I'm not a big Marvel guy myself, but um, I always thought that was pretty funny. You know, everyone's got their goofy little thing, and, you know, that was Brian's, you know, collecting these action figures, Marvel movies, and all that good stuff. But, no, definitely definitely a great dude. I, I saw a picture. There's a picture, if you Google you, Google image you, of you and Brian Hoyer coming out of the tunnel together. And, and somebody has just a huge smile on their face. I can't remember if it was you or him, but he just comes across to me as the ultimate professional. And I really hope he gets a chance in New England this year. I know he's on their uh, their quarterback roster on their depth chart there, and I know they didn't draft anybody. I'd like to see what he can do. But in all seriousness... You did have a Michigan quarterback on your team, um, and people consider Tom Brady one of the greatest of all times, and he's a great leader. What's it like playing for him? And, you know, one thing I want to make a connection here. So when I watch him on the sideline and I watch the last dance uh, with Michael Jordan, do you kind of see that comparison between Jordan and Brady? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, obviously, to- very different people in the in the way they go about it, but that competitive nature and that you know that hunger to be great was definitely um, you know right there with Michael. And I think that's the biggest thing that you know people think that you know professional athletes you know they kind of go out to practice, throw the football around a little bit, and, you know that's it. But you know I've never seen someone with that work ethic um, you know after twenty years. And roughly probably, you know, 15 of being the best in the NFL, but he's still doing all the little things, you know, at year 21 than he probably was at year two, um, you know. And so, you know, we're going out there in full pads and he's going out there at full pads and 42 years old, week 14 of, an, you know, a grueling NFL season. It's not the easiest thing to do, but, you know, that's why he's great. And, uh, you know, when I saw the last dance and you saw those competitive practices with Michael, that's how Tom was at practice. You know, he demanded everybody at their best every day and like treated it like a game. And it truly was like that at practice, but that's why, you know, he was good in those situations when they came in the game. So it was pretty cool to see that from a different sport aspect, but definitely, uh, definitely some comparisons there. Now, 
When Tom Brady signed with Tampa Bay, there's reports saying that the first thing he did, he requested every single wide receiver and every single um, person that would catch a pass from him's number so he could reach out to them and text them and, and communicate with them. Did he do that with you and did he do that with the wide receivers as, at well, as well in New England? No, I think that, you know, we had OTAs out there, uh, you know, I, well, first off, I didn't get drafted or signed with, uh, Phil or, uh, New England right away. I signed with Houston, um, first. So I spent, you know, my first, uh, off season with the Houston Texans and the first couple of weeks there down in Houston. Um, and then my off season, we obviously didn't go through anything like this. So we were there in Boston. Um, we had OTAs and, you know, team activities. So I guess, uh, no, he never, he never did that, um, uh, for me, I guess I wasn't uh, I wasn't that important. <laughs> now, if you had to share your uh, most memorable Tom Brady story that you're a part of, uh, besides the Super Bowl ring he uh, he helped you guys earn, what what would you say that that um, great story would be? That great moment would be. I guess uh, you know I I I probably I went in I worked out on a Friday Friday morning week three of the regular season in 2017 and. They told me after the workout, you know, they're like, hey, we, you know, like what we saw, we're going to sign you to the practice squad. And, you know, this is probably 930 in the morning. And they're like, all right, practice starts at 1030. Uh, go get your stuff. And I was like, you know, so I head to the locker room and it's empty and, you know, guys are all in meetings and I'm just gathering my stuff. And Tom, you know, here comes Tom Brady walking in and, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, like, obviously, I know this guy. And, you know, he just puts out his hand, shakes my hand. And he says, nice to meet you, Riley. I'm Tom Brady. And I was like, yeah, I know who you are. But <laughs> just that he already knew my name. And I had been there, you know, maybe a half hour. Um, it was pretty incredible. Not not did I ever think that I would be, you know, growing up in Dubuque, Iowa and get to, you know, do something like that. So I think that's kind of when it hit me a little bit. But, yeah, it was a, a pretty cool moment. That that is a, an amazing story there. Now, what's what's life like in the NFL? I mean, I know you you uh, had one start for the Patriots, and I know you were on the practice squad for a couple of years. But what's what's life like in the NFL for a for a guy on the active roster and a guy that's on the practice squad? You know, um, it's like a nine to five, but there's a physical aspect to it, and you're spending all day on the game of football, you know, we would get in there, you know, six thirty between six thirty and seven in the morning, you, you, you know, you got that physical aspects to it. So, you know, if you're not in the training room, you're studying the playbook or, you know, going over film and usually the entire AM is, uh, you know, game planning for the teams, um, film study. And then, you know, we'll have some walkthroughs, you know, we'll have lunch and then we'll go out there and practice for a couple hours. We'll come in, we'll lift or whatever. And then we'll go over the practice film. So, you know, the days, you know, the days are long. Um, and they were pretty demanding out in uh, Foxborough. Um, you know, we were in full pads, you know, at least once a week. Um, you know, we had this hill after practice that we would condition on. And I know that's not um, – you don't think that, you know, you know, an NFL team would be doing that. But, you know, we were out there and it was – it reminded me a lot of like high school, high school football practice in the, in the uh, aspect that we were, you know, getting to work. Um, but, you know, it's just a great experience, you know, getting to bond, you know, with a bunch of good guys all day and, you know, you know, when you're out there working, it's tough. You know, everyone's going through the same thing, but it's, uh, you know, it's an awesome thing, especially uh, for a team like that that's well-respected with a lot of good guys. It was a lot of fun. It's interesting to hear because I know at Hempstead when I coached baseball there, we had a big hill and we would do conditioning running up and down the hill as well there. Now, 
My favorite player is uh, Kirk Cousins, Michigan State quarterback. But my second favorite player is a guy who I never thought that he would be on the radar of my favorite players. But um, is George Kittle the coolest person in the world? <laughs> George Kittle's awesome. You know, he's, he's such a, a great guy, such a awesome and unmatched personality. Um, but uh, yeah, actually lived with George. We were in the dorms together our freshman year. I lived with them my sophomore year and obviously teammates throughout our career um, came in together. Uh, but yeah, what an awesome guy. And he is, uh, you know, you see this goofy guy, but he's an extremely hard worker and just a freak athlete. And, you know, all the talent that he has, he has worked even harder to, you know, make himself the best football player. And it's, uh, it's honestly no surprise to see him out there, you know, taking over the NFL, uh, such an awesome dude and you know i'm hoping that he you know keeps it going and keeps killing it he's he's the man that's for sure yeah when the lions went south last year i found myself watching more san francisco 49er games uh actually when the lions would start getting blown out i'd flip it over to the 49ers game just to follow george kittle i i just love what he's doing hey is this heaven no it's the Around the Horn section of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Five random questions that the guests were not prepped for. Riley has agreed to join us for the Around the Horn segment. Five questions that he was not tipped off to before the interview. Riley, the first question. Thoughts and feelings you had when you heard that you were being added to the active roster. Um, you know, just, uh, just in shock, you know, that's a dream from a, from a young age, but never did you ever think it would become a reality. So at that moment, you know, just, uh, incredible, incredible feeling. And, uh, you know, just kind of that sense of everything you worked for is, you know, kind of paying off. Three part question. Question two, favorite moment of your career in high school. Oh man, that's pretty tough. Um, I would have to say, I don't know, you know, that senior year of city championship football, that was, you know, the end of that with, you know, these guys that I played with, you know, my entire high school career, even growing up uh, in uh, the peewee ranks, uh, it was a lot of fun. So I would have to say that, you know, it had been a while since we had been city champs. So that was a lot of fun. Same question, but college career. And you only get one. Oh, that's, that one's a little easier. I would the uh, upset my senior year or against Michigan. Uh, you know, when they had the upset, they're ranked third in the country, undefeated potential, you know, shot at the national championship. So to do that in front of Kinnick at night and then also the Rose Bowl, you know, bad outcome. But, you know, just uh, just to be able to get there is uh, pretty phenomenal. It was just an awesome experience. Not the game winning catch against the Cyclones. No, that was, I mean, that was an awesome, awesome experience. You know, my first college touchdown, obviously, uh, you know, an awesome moment. But as far as, you know, being able to celebrate with your teammates and, you know, uh, you know, big deal. It was uh, definitely the Michigan and uh, the Rose Bowl opportunity. You know, not many people can say that uh, they were able to do that. So that's pretty cool. Same question, NFL career. Ooh, I think, you know, that uh, just getting signed, that moment that they were going to tell that I was told I was going to be signed to the practice squad of the New England Patriots, you know, you know, the Welkers and the Edelmans and the Amendolas of the world, you know, you just think that, you know, how great it would be to be a part of that, and, um, you know, to be playing with, you know, some of the best players in the NFL. So at that moment, you know, it was pretty surreal. 
um, never did I think that would ever happen. So that was a, that was a pretty, you know, big moment. Question three, which player college or pros ever put the hardest hit on you? Oh, that's a, that's a pretty tough, that's a pretty tough question to answer. I've taken my fair share of hits. Um, you know, I don't even know. It's probably, probably came in practice. Um, you know, probably Josie Jewell, you know, one of the linebackers coming across the middle somewhere along the way. But, um, yeah, definitely some, one of some of my Iowa teammates in practice, you know, he takes some pretty, pretty big hits. You know, we, we had pretty physical practices. Do you have one that stands out where you can explain the play? Uh, you know what? I've been, I was pretty lucky my, uh, my, throughout my career. I never really had a, a concussion. Um, so I, I can't really, you know, pinpoint one uh, big hit. You know, you kind of get a nick here or there. But to be honest, when, when you play for five, six years, they, they start blending together. <laughs> when George Kittle retires, would you vote for him if he ever ran for president? <laughs> I'll, I would throw my man George Kittle a vote. Um, he's a, he's a great, he's a great personality. He, he means well, he's such a, he's such a good guy. And, uh, you know, him on and off the field right now, he's doing a lot of great things and it's, it's, it's so fun to watch. I, I would love to hear what his slogan would be. And I would love to hear what his campaign t-shirts would look like. But I, I would also, I would also vote for uh, George Kittle for president as well. And the last question of the around the horn segment, question five, we know that they do rookie hazing. Was there ever a prank that was pulled on you when you were with the Texans or with the Patriots for a rookie prank? No, we never, you know, the, the hazing, I think, from what I've heard from the vets, has gotten a lot better over the years. Um, you know, I, as far, I mean, as, you know, the most I ever, you know, getting cans of chew or, you know, carrying pads or helmets off the field, you know, getting the, the vets, you know, stuff, random stuff in the locker room or training room, whatever it may be. Um, but uh, the, I know the rookies out in New England before I had gotten there, they had gotten their head or shaved in any which way that the vets chose. So there are some pretty interesting haircuts, but they uh, they only had to leave it for 24 hours. But uh, there's some pretty funny pictures, you know. So, uh, yeah, nothing nothing too bad. I, I honestly can't complain. Now, to go back to your favorite college moment, I believe I was at the game where you had your first catch. Was your first catch against the Michigan State Spartans? Uh, I think my first catch was Northern Illinois, my okay. freshman year. Okay, yeah, I, I was at a game. Actually, I was at almost every game you guys played Michigan State. And your your sister is awesome because um, <laughs> she would not allow me to tailgate with them if I would wear Michigan State stuff. Really? That's, that's good stuff. So I showed up wearing Michigan State stuff, and the only people that I knew there was your family. I did not know anybody else, and she threw me out of the tailgate. So I went back to my vehicle and I took off my Michigan State hoodie and and I put on a a made in Detroit, um, which is Kid Rock's uh, clothing line, black hoodie. And then I changed into some yellow shorts. So I had the Hawkeye colors there, but that was probably one of the most amazing experiences I ever had because... um, (laughs) I didn't have tickets to the game, but I ended up buying um, a student section ticket for five bucks. And I just took the ticket and I walked all the way down to the first row. And I was behind the Michigan State bench 
right in the first row and I was on TV quite a bit um, going crazy. Unbelievable experience. Now, Riley, I do want to ask you, you mentioned him before, but um, what would be your favorite Rob Gronkowski story that you had with him or that that you could share from your time in New England? Um, you know, Gronk is, uh, I don't know if I have one specific story, but I can say that Gronk, what you see in the media and what you see, um, you know, just your, your regular, uh, Gronk stories is that's what you're going to get behind the scenes. You know, what you see in the media is who Gronk is. He's just a big, uh, big little kid and he's always just likes to have a lot of fun and, you know, it doesn't matter when, you know, practice could be, you know, you know, going through tough time or whatever, Gronk will find the fun in anything. Um, he's just a goofy guy, but, a, you know, such a nice guy and a great guy to be around. Now, if you had to make a projection for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year with Brady and Gronk, what, what are you picturing? You know, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Um, they definitely got a lot of threats in Tampa Bay on the offensive side. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they have for a defense because that's all. That's uh, pretty important, and I need that time of possession. That's for sure. But um, I, I look for big things. I, I don't think that um, one year off for Gronk is going to hurt him. I think it might help him, and you know I think that Brady's such a competitor that he'll have everybody uh, ready to go. I just hope there's a football season. I, I do as well. We know when we hear Mariano Rivera's music in the background. The podcast is coming to an end, just like the game did when he entered. Stick around for closing time. It's become tradition at the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast that the closing time segment we end with a cheesy nickname given to our guest, and I end with some type of inspirational message for all of the listeners out there. So we're going to run with Riles. Riley, what do you want to share with us today? I just want to thank you, Nick, for having me. It's, uh, it's been a blast. Um, you know, I'm uh, proud to be from Dubuque, Iowa. Um, you know, just a bunch of great people, especially in the Dubuque area. Um, you know, all the coaches and, you know, my teammates over the years, It's it's been a blast. And thinking back on all those uh, years, it's, it's uh, you know, those are the, some of the funnest, most fun, most fun years of my life. Um, but, yeah, I am, I couldn't be more proud to be from Dubuque, Iowa, and represent um, Dubuque. It's, it's been great, and I, you know, I can't thank all of the Hawkeye fans and, uh, you know, just all the, the people that have been supporting me over the years. It's been great. Um, don't give up on your dreams, man. You never know. Riley, it was great running with you there. I'm glad you corrected yourself, the uh, English teacher and me. Uh, I was not going to do that to a guest, but... Today's uh, Minute with Manaman, I, I want to talk about Riley McCarron and his story. Riley, while we were doing this interview, I gave him just the most amazing introduction I've ever given a guest on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And my message for you today is to be humble. While I was reading all of Riley's statistics, which are all true, 
He was laughing. He was giggling. He was rolling his eyes. He's one of the most humblest people that you'll ever meet. Every time that I coached him, he was the best player on the field, and he was always the hardest working. He was the kindest, and he was the nicest to his coaches, his teammates, his family, his friends, and his fans. Being humble will get you to go a lot of places in life. Even if you don't have the talent that Riley has, being humble can get you that promotion at your job. Being humble can get that girl that's way out of your league to go out on a date with you. Heck, look at me for Christ's sakes. All right? I've done it. So sometimes you just need to put yourself into perspective, be humble, be coachable, and work hard. And if you're humble, great things will come your way. And just like that, 643, we're out of here. Post game show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media. Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe. <laughs>